Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene and Lori. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hey, it's Lori. We're so glad that you're with us for another episode of the Fight for Your Marriage podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, and we have an awesome podcast for you today, and I hope you'll tell others afterwards about it so you can share it with other people and get encouraged. Well, today we're going to do something different, and I think it'll be a regular, but we are going to kind of give you a peek into some of the questions and emails and messages that we get um, from people who contact us through our website and on social media and the situations they're dealing with and the questions they're dealing with. And you might find um, an answer to something that you've been wondering about. Um, One thing that we always hear people struggle with is feeling like they are losing hope while they're waiting for their prodigal spouse to come home. Correct. They look at the time and feel the time is the death of their uh, marriage restoration. And it's not because we have marriages that are restored. Years are not your enemy. Yeah, the Bible tells us that. In Psalm 90, verse 4, it says, For a thousand years in your sight are like a day. And so our time is not the same as God's time. And so where we count days and years or months, that's not how God sees the time. And so we have to really remember that when we're waiting on an answer to any prayer, that it's his timing and not our timing. Positively. And the the thing is, is that if we will grow in the Lord and, and serve the Lord while we're standing, God has a plan and a purpose for you right now. And it's not for you just to stand, but you need to be actively praying and standing and believing and and walking in faith, but then you need to go on and share that with other people or your what God wants you to do today and tomorrow and for your children and family members. Yeah, one of our most popular devotionals that people are constantly searching up on the website is titled, How Long Must I Wait, Lord? And so we know that it's a question that people ask and they deal with, and we know that waiting is not easy. But I think also that you have to change your mindset of thinking that the goal is marriage restoration. That is not the success of your entire life to have a restored marriage. Marriage restoration is not the finish line. And and that's something that we forget, that this world is our temporary stopping ground. And we have an eternity that we're looking towards. And so the goal is that you and your spouse and your children and your extended family have a personal relationship with Christ. Amen. That's number one, praying for the salvation of your spouse and children, extended family, and then go to your coworkers at the office, your bosses, and just start looking. When I go to a store, when I uh, go through a drive-through at McDonald's or anything, I pray for that person's salvation. I see there, and I say, Lord, touch all of the employees there, and may you send messengers to them that they come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord wants us to pray and be actively involved in praying for all the souls to be saved before he comes again. And he could come suddenly anytime. So we have to be ready and we want to pray for everybody else to be ready to meet the Lord. Right. That's what you want, your spouse to be saved. 
Um, one of the other things that people talk about often, waiting on the Lord is a popular one, but also um, friendships or relationships with your spouse while you're standing. And so sometimes people will contact us. Um, we just had a message recently, actually, where someone said, I'm going to be meeting with my spouse and he wants me to kind of be his confidant, his friend. Um, he wants to confide in me about different situations happening at work. And this person didn't know how to handle that. And the way I responded to her was, well, praise the Lord that your husband wants you to be in that friendship role. And it's not a step back from the role of a spouse. Oh, it is huge. That is a huge praise for us. When we hear that, we know that God is answering and hearing your prayers, and he is touching your spouse to want to have some sort of a different relationship and a confidant. I mean, Bob definitely did that. He would call me literally at 11 o'clock at night when everything was done with the other person, and he would call me up and tell me all what was going on or telling about his life or his job or his finances. And he used to always check on me. And he says, I'm sorry I'm hurting you, but I just I just can't stop it. And, and it's, I've gone too far and would use all these excuses. But he would call and have these phone calls that you would think, I don't know why he's calling me because it's it's uh, well, a living lot of, in sin, right? But that is that he reached out. But it was that me. comfort, exactly. Right. And he knew he was talking to me, and I am praising the Lord that he even thought of me. And so God was showing me He is thinking about you. Yeah. I am moving, but it's not the way He's not being obedient. To the word of God. But and, we, we've talked about this before where it don't get frustrated by that relationship being just a friendship or feeling like, well, my spouse doesn't want um, a husband-wife relationship with me. But that's the start of rebuilding because you were friends first before you were dating, before you were married, you were friends. And so in the rebuilding of your relationship, it needs to start back at that friendship. And so you have the opportunity to to show your spouse Jesus. Um, I know you can go back and listen to episode 124 where we spoke to Deanne um, about this and we talked about forgiveness and reconciliation and restoration and defining those different relationships and, and the path to restoration. But man, if you have a spouse that wants to talk to you, confide in you, share with you, have you pray with them, you know, even if they're just amicable to you, those are all steps in the right direction. So I would say don't get frustrated by that. Oh, positively. And some people live a distance away from their spouses. So maybe communication is only going to be a texting or email or uh, finally, um, they may not want to have that personal uh, call. But in the ones that do, praise the Lord and thank him. And the ones that don't pray that God will open up communication. Our, our pastor said recently um, that we often pray for people and we're thinking about people, but we don't always share with that person that we were thinking about them or that we were praying for them that day. And he challenged us to just tell the person, you know, send a quick text to somebody or, um, you know, send them a note card and just say, I just want to let you know you were on my mind and I prayed for you this morning. And you could do that with your spouse. If you do have a spouse that is not in great communication with you, 
you could just send that quick, simple, easy text and don't wait for a response. It doesn't matter if you get a response. You've done your part. You've prayed for them and God can let them deal with it in their own heart, how they want to respond to you. But just reaching out and being a friend to them is such a great start. And even if they say, don't do it again, be respectful and listen and then stop. But then ask the Lord to have them open the door in whatever way. And and to just soften their heart to accept it. Oh, positively. We need that heart and heart softened by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have a friend of ours who's been standing for his marriage for many years, and he has had um, what I would say is probably a very, it would be defined as a distant and silent relationship with his, his wife that he's standing for. They have adult children, and so their adult children are getting married, and so now they have weddings happening and things like that with their children, and he still has this relationship with the woman he's standing for that's very quiet, and she wants not much to do with with her husband. He recently talked to her, and he said, for the sake of our children and for the sake of these events that are coming up and for the sake of future grandchildren— I think you and I have to get to a point where we can be in the same room and we can be amicable to each other and move forward for the sake of our family. And he just left it at that and just prayed that God would take it. And a few weeks later, it was time for one of their children's weddings. And he just told us this week how wonderful that weekend was, how different his wife was with him, how friendly she was with him. Um, how he was able to just be friendly back to her, and they just genuinely enjoyed each other's company that weekend. And they had pictures together. Yes. He which was a huge yes. prayer that we had, that, that that she would allow him to be in the family right. pictures. And to the point of um, they, everybody that went to the wedding was going to the same church on Sunday morning, and she was saving him a seat in church Sunday morning and had told one of the people there, oh, I'm saving him a seat to come sit with us. And I mean, that would have never happened a month ago, I don't believe. (laughs) No, that was, God was really doing a miracle in all of that. And and for their son and their future daughter-in-law, they they wanted peace and and joy and not have any conflicts with them uh, during the wedding. And it was just totally, um, it was perfect. And, and we and we know that perfect in his mind would have been her coming home and restoration happening before this event. But a huge step is being able to just start that friendship and to be able to be together as friends again. Exactly. And you may think that's little, but it's a lot uh, in in the beginning of starting that process. And uh, regardless of the distance, just talking or texting or um, doing anything, communication is what we want to start with, and a healthy communication. Uh, don't bring up the touchy subjects if you can avoid it. Right. Well, every topic that you discuss does not have to be heavy and a big topic. I know that with my kids, when I would drive them to school, that was a great time to talk to them about things because they were trapped in the car with me, so they couldn't get out. I would get to the point where I realized that every time we were in the car, I was like, oh, let's talk about a big, heavy topic because they're here (laughs) to listen. And that's not 
necessarily great timing. Like every time you have an interaction with your spouse doesn't need to be a heavy topic. Just be fun, be light, be Jesus. I mean, I think if Jesus were walking the earth today, that he would um, be a fun, lighthearted man walking among us. I do too. One of the other things that people contact us about is um, just questioning their faith and questioning how to really trust God and trust that he's doing something when we cannot see evidence of of what's happening. And I read a message this week. It made me think of um, a situation that I was recently in, and it's been a couple weeks, so I can talk about it without busting out in tears, but... <laughs> It's um or laughter, but we went to go see our son who's up at college. And while we were there, he was going to propose to his girlfriend. And so he had it planned out. It was going to be on top of a mountain. So we had to go up the Blue Ridge Parkway. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with the Blue Ridge Parkway, it is a hundreds of miles long windy road that's in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And it's beautiful. However, to get to the beauty at the top, you have to go through a windy road. And I'm not a fan of windy roads. Two-lane <laughs> two, yes, two windy road on the edge of a mountain. Did I say that yet? <laughs> it's, it's just not my favorite road. In fact, years ago, my husband and I went with um, my brother Tim and his family, and we rented RVs and went to a campground, and we had to take the Blue Ridge Parkway in an RV to get there. And I declared at that moment, I was never getting on that road again. I didn't care what beauty was awaiting me at the top. I was never getting on that road. (laughs) Well, I got on the road again because Ryan was going to propose to his girlfriend and I wasn't going to miss it. And it was a bad weather day. So it had been foggy and kind of rainy and misty, but we didn't think anything of that. And so we took like the 30 minute drive to get up there and he got there before us, Ryan did, and called and said, we might have a little problem. I'm at the overlook and all you see are clouds. And I thought he meant just that it was a little bit cloudy. And so visibility was, you know, a little limited. However, what he meant was that literally we were driving in the clouds because about five minutes later in front of us, you could not see 20 feet. It was just clouds. And as soon as we were going, I realized we can't go back because there was nowhere to turn around. We have to keep going forward and we have to at least get to where Ryan is and, and get him safely down this mountain. And so we made it to the top and we got out and he was right. It was literally an overlook that was just a cloud. It was, it was a cloud. (laughs) There was no, it was beautiful, but not at that timing. (laughs) Right. There was no cell service there. There was just clouds. And so we decided it was too dangerous. You know, some of the other people that were meeting us up there for the engagement had, you know, gotten a text through to say they were stopping and turning around because it was just too dangerous. So we had to get back down now off this mountain. And um, I felt like my mom the day she got remarried because we had no cell service. So it would be, it would come in and out, but there was nobody I could text or call or pray or, or get help or get an aircraft to lift me off the mountain. I was going to have to go back down the mountain in the car. And we had taken um, our family with us. And so we had my daughter and her fiance with us who had never vacationed with us before. So he was getting a real... <laughs> entertainment 
watching his future mother-in-law in the front seat as we were trying to get down this mountain. But here's the point of the story. The 35, I think it took us 45 minutes to get back down because we had to go so slow and we could see nothing in front of us. I literally thought we were going to die. I thought that was going to be the end of it. I was praying. I felt sad that my other son's fiance wasn't with us because we were all dying together. I mean, I was being very dramatic, (laughs) but it was terrifying because I could not see the road. And my husband was driving us And it was very silent in our car as we all, you know, had a little caravan of cars trying to get down. But I was just like wringing my hands and praying. And and my daughter's fiance says, you were rocking in your seat. And (laughs) I guess it looked more eventful for him. But my point is, I live to tell about it. And I will say again, I'm not going on the Blue Ridge Parkway anytime soon, especially in the clouds. But I... When we got down off the mountain, I just took a deep breath and I said to my husband, I really didn't think we were going to get down. And he said, I don't know why you thought that. I could see what was right in front of us and that's all I needed to see to safely get us there. And it was such a good analogy that God does not need to show you next Thursday afternoon or three years from now. He will show you what you need to see to guide you. And that's going to be shown to you through his word. And one step at a time. Right. He is not going to maybe paint the whole picture to you. And um, even if you have a sickness or an illness or you have children that are sickly, uh, you have to tell them everything's going to be all right. And trust me. Trust me, we're going to do this or that. And he's telling us to trust him. Right. And it's not faith if he shows us. If we know what what tomorrow holds, that's not faith. It doesn't take any faith to peek at tomorrow. I mean, are you one of those people that read a book and you flip to the end of it to see how it's going to turn <laughs> out? That that doesn't take faith, you know? It takes faith to trust that God is in control and that he will guide you. And so just like my mountain experience, you know, my my husband was the navigator and God is our navigator in life and he can lead you. His word promises you. And um, there's a scripture that says that God is not a man that he should lie. Correct. He, he has not failed anyone yet. He has not gone back on a promise. He has not been proven untrustworthy and so when you start to believe that or to to have the enemy make you think well this is this is not going to work this god is not who he says he is god doesn't care about me or whatever lies or you believe that the promises he's given you are it's too long of a time right. and that you don't are stopping to believe what he has spoken to you i must say to you read the promises that god has given you weekly, if not daily or every other day, that you have them, know them enough that God is going to just flash them right across your mind. Right. And that you are going to stand on the word of God and the promises of God. And that is what we need to do. We need to examine our hearts about that we are believing and trusting God for his perfect plan. And he is not going to take, he may take us on a detour road or a windy road, but he is always with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. 
And we need to know the word to be able to walk in faith, but trust him. Trust him in like the disciples did. Look at what they went through, and they had to trust him. Right. And we need to trust him more and and really uh, be an example to other people that are our actions and tongue and words that we use in our lifestyle is a, a, a radiating light of what the Lord is doing in our life now. Yeah. One of the ways to do that, to um, reiterate your faith and to confirm it is through journaling. And I know we talk a lot about that. I know you've journaled through the years, but just kind of writing down after your time with the Lord, like what he's shown you, questions you have for him, the way he spoke to you through the word, um, just a variety of things. But then when you're feeling those days that you're struggling with your faith, you can go back and see proof and evidence of when God was faithful, you know, so many times. Our minds are going to forget things just as a natural occurrence. We're going to forget. But when you can just go back and open your journal and see the different ways and areas that God was faithful. Without a doubt, I pray for so many different things uh, personally and for other family and then all of you and, and the ones that we pray for. And the Lord will give me scriptures um, and you believe in those promises that God gives you. It's not just um, a coincidence. It's like the Lord is sitting right at this table with us today and he is saying, trust me, I, or, and he speaks to you. He's speaking to you through his word, and we have to write it down, date it. I put the time that I had it happen, and I know that I know that, that even my Bible, I opened up my Bible to Jeremiah chapter 1 this afternoon when we were here at the office recording, and there are so many different scriptures, different dates and times, as Jeremiah was very, very... Um, God spoke to me through that of my assignment um, and uh, uh, proclaiming. And I just want you to know that we need to have that deep relationship with the Lord. Right. He, and can, it does. he can be trusted. And it takes time. Yeah. It will take time. Yep. Um, let me share a testimony I'm going to share with you now of a man who has walked through this and walked through. Um, you know, strengthening his faith and his trust in Christ, just as you are. And um, we'll talk about it on the other side. My wife and I were married in 2004 in Georgia. I was born and raised in Georgia, and we met at a church in Georgia. She's from the Northwest, and we were uh, met at a church in Georgia. We're married 2004, uh, moved, moved to the Northwest, and we're living in North Idaho, and uh, my wife um, left in August 2018 with our three children and filed for divorce. And the divorce, I was served final divorce papers Christmas week uh, 2018. So my plan at the time was to uh, give her one year to come home after the divorce. And, um, and then I was going to start dating again. So we were both Christians at the time. We were actually leading a home church uh, at the time. So... Um, so during that one year of my plan, the Holy Spirit really started speaking to me and uh, teaching me about marriage. And um, it took about two months of him showing me things in the Word and giving me signs and wonders to convince me that marriage is permanent and that I was never free to remarry as long as she was alive. And so the first sign that I got was I was invited to a singles 
Bible study, uh, I noticed another female. She noticed me. Um, we walked out together, and she said a couple things that made me think that God has provided me a new wife. And I was driving home from the Bible study. This was just a few months after the divorce, and I got home and um, opened my Bible directly to uh, Matthew 19, where it says, uh, and if you marry her who is divorced from her husband, you commit adultery. And she was a divorced uh, woman. So, And uh, immediately after that, I set my smartphone for my alarm, and it was seven hours and 17 minutes until my alarm goes off, and my anniversary to my covenant wife is July 17th, which is 7:17. So that was the first thing that the Lord gave me to show me that um, that even though I was divorced, he still saw me as married uh, in his eyes. The second sign I got was um, I was sitting in church on a fall. That's the fall of the following year, actually. The Holy Spirit gave me Psalm 88 and Psalm 93. Psalm 88 is a very dark psalm that says, uh, I have removed loved ones and friends from you. And the Holy Spirit basically said, uh, just as I have removed them from you, I'm going to bring them back to you. And then he gave me Psalm 93, and there's a verse that says, uh, my testimonies are sure. And that means that when God tells you something or shows you something, it, it's sure. He's going to do it. And he's given me a lot of signs. Uh, actually, I have several notebooks full. Um, and uh, it takes me, on any given just normal day, it takes me five to ten minutes to write down what he gives me on any just normal day. The most um, powerful sign God's given me about he's going to restore my marriage. So about a year ago, so it's July 2022 right now, and approximately a year ago, my covenant wife texted me because she texted me and, and uh, told me she was engaged and uh, she had met somebody and they were going to get married and so, um, of course, that was really crushing to me, and so I had felt like the Lord had told me that he was going to restore our marriage, and um, so I went back to the Lord, and I just said, Lord, you know, what do I do now? And he led me to a couple of psalms, and both of those psalms had the word stand in it, and he was telling me, to, I want you to continue to stand. So I continued to stand, and I texted her back and said, I will continue to stand for our marriage. Um and the restoration of our family. So so that was approximately a year ago. During that same time, a coworker of mine, uh, I'm a gardener and I have a coworker who's a gardener. She's a receptionist and she had brought um before my before my wife had left, my coworker and her husband came over one weekend and brought us a couple of plants. Uh there were two black currant bushes and uh, I planted one of them in my front yard. And around a year ago, when my wife was um, going through with the ceremony with, with uh, the other person, a branch grew out of the bush that was shaped like a cross. And uh, the, the bush was mainly green, a little bit brown. But the, the branch that looked like a cross, the top of the cross was slightly auburn red, and the horizontal two pieces were, at the end of the horizontal pieces, were kind of reddish and kind of, at the bottom of the cross, kind of red. Uh, it looked like a cross. Uh, it looked like a crucifix with uh, red where the head, hands, and feet would be. And uh, what was interesting is the coworker that brought me this plant, um, she was a Christian, and she had divorced her covenant husband, uh, married another man, and was married to him for 10 years. And um, 
went back to her co- divorced her second husband and went back to her covenant husband and she's the one who brought me this bush um and she brought the bush before my wife left and a cross grew out of the bush the week of my covenant wife's uh ceremony with the other person so i just took that to mean that um the lord knew this was going to happen uh it's part of his plan I don't fully understand that. I know we all have free will, but I, it just tells me that the Lord knew this was going to happen, and I believe that he's, uh, just like he restored my coworker's marriage, he's going to restore mine. And every day when I leave out for work, I see the bush in the front yard, and it's a reminder to me that um, he's going to do just that. So I think his testimony goes along with what we were saying, that God will guide us and show us the way. I loved journaling when I was standing, and I've spoken about it many times and written about it, and I want to encourage you to journal because there's thoughts and things that are happening that God will use for you in the future, and he will speak to you when you journal. Um, I really believe that, and ask God, you know, just like he's been speaking to this man is an exact example of how God can speak to you. And so I want to encourage you to maybe you've never had, um, uh, never journaled. You will remember things when your husband or wife come home and you'll want to share it with them in, in time. And Bob actually finally said to me one weekend, I wish you would get out your journaling books and let me look at them. I really am at the stage where I'm thankful that you journaled. I'm thankful that you prayed. I'm prayed, thankful that you didn't give up. So I believe that if you journaled, it will be something you can refer back to. And especially the future when your marriage is restored, you'll want to share it and see how God um, spoke to you and helped you to walk in faith and trust the Lord. But I would definitely, if you've never uh, done it, I would suggest try it and that God will um, encourage you and you want to write it down so you don't forget. Right. One of the seasons where it can be hard to trust God and to have faith for the things that we can't see is during the holidays. And I know as we're approaching Thanksgiving and Christmas and the new year, that this can be a time where you are struggling to really see the 20 feet ahead of you, like I was not seeing on that mountain. And we just want to encourage you that as we're getting into that season to go into it, knowing that the enemy is going to be trying to, to derail you. He's going to be trying to discourage you, but go into the season with a plan and to help you with that. Um, we're excited that we are working on a project that we'll be announcing in the, um, next few weeks and will be made available. But we have a book that my dad wrote, called The 12 Days of Thoughts on Being Alone Yet Loved During the Holidays. And it's really a great book for any season of life that you're alone or find yourself facing loneliness. But um, particularly we know at Christmas with that approaching that um, this will be a blessing. So we'll be talking more about that in the future. It's not been available for many years, but it's been updated recently and Um, I know that it will help you and it will really just be another resource for you, like we talked about today, to have help to be able to 
navigate when it looks like life ahead of you looks cloudy and you can't see what's coming? Oh, yes. And through working on this book recently has been a huge blessing. And I thought, oh, everybody needs to read it because it will encourage you and strengthen you. And um, and reading it as, as a prodigal that wrote it will encourage you because nothing, nothing is too hard for God to do. Absolutely. I hope today helped you. I hope that just hearing that there's other people that are walking through similar situations and are um, being victorious through it encourages you. And we want to know how your situation is going and how we can pray for you and also um, where you're seeing answers to prayer. So if you have not done so recently, go ahead to our website and um, go to rejoiceministries.org. And you can go to the contact part of it and send us a testimony and just share what God's been doing in your life and how he's growing you. And we love to see that. And I know that those testimonies mean so much to the other people that get to read them every week. So thanks for joining us. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.